Christian Heritage Ministry, in cooperation with Fuller Seminary, proudly presents the Old Fashioned Revival Hour, a broadcast of the Gospel with Dr. Charles E. Cole. Come for the door is open wide 
to send out heavenly sunshine out to about 95% of the world and how the folks over the land need heavenly sunshine. So now do your best. So glad to see so many here today. Now sing it through and as you sing through the first time, turn around and shake hands with as many as possible. All right. Heavenly sunshine. Turn right around give everybody a good hand. Now once more, heavenly And now one verse of what a friend we have in Jesus. Listening today, recall that last January we celebrated our 26th year of broadcasting the gospel. And what a blessed time it was as thousands gathered with us each Sunday during that month here at the Municipal Auditorium in Long Beach. And as those of you who could not attend wrote rejoicing with us in what God had done and assuring us of your continued interest in this worldwide ministry. God, in his matchless grace, has granted to us the privilege of another year of broadcasting the gospel to a needy world. And I truly believe the past year has been one of the most critical the world has ever known. And God alone knows what the coming year will bring. Our young men are still being called upon to leave loved ones and friends to fight against the enemy 
who had robbed the world of its freedom. And God is just as definitely calling upon you and me to press the battle against the enemy of men's souls. He has given us this wonderful ministry, thus enabling us to minister in a very definite way to the boys in service in faraway places and also to their anxious loved ones at home. And I sincerely wish we could have a letter from every listener during that month, especially from those of you who have been blessed by this ministry, but who have never before written to tell us so. Your letter will greatly encourage us.
lonesome world I roam With no place to call my home I'm gonna settle down in glory Some of these days, some of these days I am tired of roaming here In this world of doubt and fear I'm gonna settle down in glory Some of these days I'm gonna settle down in glory Some of these days, some of these days I'm gonna settle down in glory some of these days, some of these days. I'm gonna join the angels singing where the hearts of gold are sweetly ringing. I'm gonna settle down in glory some of these days. I've a mansion over there in that city bright and fair. I'm gonna settle down in glory some of these days, some of these days. With my Lord I shall abide over on the glory side. I'm gonna settle down in glory some of these days. I'm gonna settle down in glory some of these days, some of these days. I'm gonna settle down in glory some of these days, some of these days. I'm gonna join the angels singing where the hearts of gold are sweetly ringing. I'm gonna settle down in glory some of these days, some of these days.
And now, Mrs. Fuller, with the letters. Go right ahead, honey. Greetings, friends. A blind man writes from Texas. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Fuller, as I listened to your hour today, I felt that I must write you once more and express the love that I feel for your program. Two things bring light to my blind eyes. Isaiah 42:16 and the old-fashioned revival hour. There is a warmth and a glow about your hour, which no other program seems to have, not even any other religious program, no matter how wonderful. It is as if that heavenly sunshine is propelled through the airwaves from the municipal auditorium to the four corners of the earth. Here in Texas, I can feel it emanating from any radio on which I hear your voice or the sweet, angelic music. The letters also give forth that same glow, whether they be from Emerald, Ireland, from snowy Saskatchewan, from noisy New York, or from cold Korea. Well, that is indeed a lovely letter, and we do appreciate the fact that this hour means so much to this man. We do pray earnestly that each program may meet the heart need of each person listening, no matter where that person may be, the need for salvation, the need for courage to press on, for greater faith and trust in God, for return to the Father's house, for much-needed comfort. From New York, dear Reverend Fuller, I am another one of those who has enjoyed the old-fashioned revival hour as long as I can remember and have never written you. Now I have six children, and I turn on the radio real loud every Sunday morning at eight, and it helps to wake the children up and sets a happy Sunday spirit in our home. But we cannot give real close attention until the afternoon, and so at four o'clock we gather round the radio and really enjoy the message and the music. A lady writes from Kansas, dear friends, my grandson, a Marine, gave his life in Korea on November the 8th. He went forward in your meeting to accept Christ as Savior last April and was shipped out on June the 8th. God bless you. From San Diego, this last letter, a man writes, Dear Brother Mrs. Fuller, I was saved at the hour in Long Beach a year and five days ago and have since heard and enjoyed the wonderful music and preaching many times. I am a sailor stationed aboard ship, and when I first came aboard, I was a lost sinner. The day I was called back to active service, my precious Christian wife asked me to promise her that I would go to the old-fashioned revival hour if I was sent to the West Coast. Well, I was sent to the West Coast, and since I was so far away from my wife and children, I thought the least I could do was to fulfill my promise to them, although at that time I fairly hated going to church. But I went anyway, and you know I was convicted and saved that day. Since then, I've never missed a chance to come to the hour, or at least to hear it. As soon as I learned enough to explain the way of salvation, I began to tell my shipmates about our wonderful Savior and what he can do for a man. We now have a prayer meeting and Bible study class at least once a week here aboard ship. Although we are new Christians, we are learning fast and doing all we can for our master. We always pray for the hour, and we ask you to please pray for us as we carry on here. Those are good letters, and that is all I shall have time for today, friends. May we stand, please, and sing one verse of number 114, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. 
Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for this blessed assurance that these things in the Bible are written that we may know that Jesus is the Christ and believing on Him have life everlasting. And we thank Thee for the assurance also that we know that all things work together for good to those that are the called ones, to those that love Thee. And like Paul, I know whom I have believed and persuaded that he is able to keep that which we've committed unto him against that day. And then we thank thee that these things again are written, that those who believe may know that they have eternal life. And so speak to the hearts now in darkness, under the load and condemnation of sin, that they too may have this blessed assurance and say, Jesus is mine. For we ask it in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want to be ready to walk in Jerusalem just like John. Yes, I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want to be ready to walk in Jerusalem just like John. John said the city was just four square. Walk in Jerusalem just like John. And he declared he'd meet me there. Walk in Jerusalem just like John. Yes, I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want to be ready to walk in Jerusalem just like John. Oh, John, oh, John, what do you say? Walk in Jerusalem just like John. That I'll be there on the coming day. Walk in Jerusalem just like John. Yes, I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want to be ready to walk in Jerusalem just like John. When Peter was preaching at Pentecost, he was endowed with the Holy Ghost. Yes, I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want to be ready to walk in Jerusalem just like John. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want to be ready to walk in Jerusalem just like John.
to the Old Fashioned Revival Hour with Dr. Charles E. Fuller. His message for today is titled, Death. Open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, as we rejoin the broadcast. I'll provide additional information after Dr. Fuller's message.
and turn to the second chapter of Ephesians, verse 10. Ephesians 2.10. Today brings to a blessed close 27 years of continuous broadcasting the gospel by radio. For 27 long happy years, God has permitted us to sow the incorruptible seed, the word of God, into the hearts of countless numbers scattered among the nations of earth. Truly, we can testify that God is faithful. He has sustained us through the shadows and the sunshine. He has taken us by the waters of Marah and by the many wells of living water at Elam. And through it all, we have endeavored to be obedient to the heavenly vision that he gave us to walk humbly before him to be true always to the eternal word of God and to be continually thankful that the Lord's plan for us individually was and still is to be in this blessed radio ministry until he come or until he calls us home. I'm so thankful now that I ever invested my life into God's work, beseeching and urging men to be reconciled to God through Christ, through the one and only Redeemer. I'm praying very earnestly that at the end of this broadcast, marking the close of 27 happy, glorious years of our radio ministry, that many, especially young men and young women, will present their bodies as living sacrifices, dedicating themselves for full-time service, become full-time Christian workers, missionaries, teachers, medical doctors, chosen vessels to carry the word of life to the four corners of this needy world. To such whose hearts God will so touch 
I would like to have the name and address of each new recruit, for I would like to place the name upon a permanent scroll and thus have a list of a great cloud of witnesses for his glory. Will your name be upon this honor roll? May the Lord give us for his glory a large list of new recruits to mark the close of 27 years of this radio ministry. Now, the Ephesian epistle is very precious to me. It's a very precious portion of God's word to me personally. Under the providence of God, two verses in this epistle were used by the Holy Spirit to bring me to the point of conversion and, second, to the place of full consecration. Thirty-four and a half years ago, one of God's faithful preachers of the word spoke upon Ephesians 1.18, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. The eyes of my understanding were enlightened, and I saw my need of salvation, of redemption, of becoming a child of God through the new birth. In short, on that Sunday in July 1917, I was saved by grace through faith, receiving the gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus my Lord. Sometime after my conversion, a year or so, my heart was in a state of great unrest. The temporal work in which I was engaged, that of managing a citrus packing house here in Southern California, seemed so useless. That is, it seemed that nothing lasting or eternal was being accomplished, and God was dealing with me to give my life for full-time service, to live the life of faith. And it was at this period that the second verse in Ephesians was used by the Spirit of God to bring me to a place of full consecration. And this second verse of Scripture, God pressed upon my heart, is found in Ephesians 2.10. Listen carefully. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And may we consider this verse briefly, and as the Holy Spirit unfolded its truth and applied the truth to my heart that day many years ago, may he apply the same truth to your heart, child of mine, who has not yet presented the body as a living sacrifice. And may you too come to a place of full consecration, that you too may know his good and perfect and acceptable will. I'd like to have you note just four points briefly as the Holy Spirit unfolded this verse to me. It may not be the correct outline. I'm not worried about that. I'm just going to give, you a, give it to you as God gave it to me. First of all, believers are God's property or possession, his workmanship. Second, as his property through his power, we're created in Christ Jesus. For God's purpose unto good works, and fourth, according to his eternal plan, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. And in this verse we see God's property through his power for his purpose, 
according to his plan. Now, first of all, God's property or possession, his workmanship, just two words. The word his, according to 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20, we read, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price, and that price is the precious blood of Christ. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. You who are saved, listen, and profess to be Christians, you're no longer your own, but you are his, his alone. Note the second word, please, workmanship or handiwork. His handiwork are we. And Philippians 1, 6 tells us, being confident of this very thing, that which that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ. And the Lord is the potter. We are the clay. And he has a definite plan, a definite design for you. And if you are yielded, he will fashion you according to his eternal purpose. In the realm of the natural, God's, we are told that there are no two trees alike. No two blades of grass alike, and among the billions of snowflakes, no two snowflakes alike. Likewise, in this world, there are no two people just exactly alike. And you, God has endowed you with special gifts and with special talents and with a special personality. And no one else in the world has uh, what you have. And God needs you, for you are his workmanship. Second, you are his property, that is, through his power, created in Christ Jesus. And according to the second chapter of Ephesians, once dead in trespasses and sin, separated from the things of God being in the world, under the energizing power of the prince of the power of the air, walking according to the course of this age, now through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, you are created Born again, a new creation in Christ Jesus, and you'll never be born any other ways in the realm of the spiritual except through Christ. Third, now notice, new creatures in God's purpose saved under good works. That's the purpose, not saved by works, but saved under good works. Created in Christ Jesus on the condition that we should be active in good works, abounding in the work of the Lord, adding to our faith virtue, and to our virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to godly, uh, patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are his workmanship, handiwork, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Now, especially the latter part of this verse, you're perhaps thinking I'm going through it a little bit quickly, but wait. 
You know, the latter part of this verse that really brought me, checked me up, and changed my life from one of being a nominal Christian into one ready to go out and live the life of faith. Notice the words, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. New creations in God's purposes, saved unto good works, not saved by works. He has a purpose. Now note, and it's all according to his eternal plan, which God hath ordained that we should walk therein. And beloved, this part of Ephesians 2.10, especially the Spirit of God, drove into my heart. And as I meditated upon it, God spoke to me saying, in effect, Son, before the foundation of the world, before the heavens and the earth were brought into being, I planned a very definite work for you. No one else is marked out to do what I have in my mind for you to do. You remember, don't you, how that I saved you from drowning upon the south fork of the American River in northern central California years ago, and you promised to serve me, and if you escaped that watery death, you promised to serve me, and yet seven long years went by before your conversion. And now, son, I need you. I have a definite work for you. And blessed be God in some manner like Paul of old, I said back to the Lord, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And I surrendered all to him that day, and I presented my body a living sacrifice. And later, after a few years of work out in the fields, white under harvest, doing the work of an evangelist among the lumberjacks and the mining camps of the southwest, God called me into my life's work of the radio ministry. And for 27 long years, God has sustained this open door and given us the promise that if he puts an open door before you, no man can shut it. And God has all the glory and the honor. And why he reached down upon a ranch in Southern California and took no, took someone like myself with no special training for the ministry, and set me before the microphone to send out the glorious gospel to a worldwide ministry, only he knows. And I thank God that he loves to take the weak things and the foolish things, the things that are not in the base things, to confound the wise. And I want to stand here today, if it's my last broadcast, which I hope it isn't, but if it should be my last broadcast, to give God all the glory for what has been accomplished. We have tried to plant, we have tried to sow, and water the word that has been given out. But God has always given the increase. And listen to me, God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. And back before the eternal, back in the eternal ages, before he called forth the heavens and the earth, and set the stars and the constellations in their various orbits, 
and started the earth upon its rotating axis, before the foundation of the world, God planned your life and planned my life. He's been waiting for the hour for you as a professing Christian to come and spiritually speaking throw up your hands and say, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And if there's ever to be any regrets in the glory ahead, it will be this, to have accepted Christ as your personal Savior and to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and have outlined before you what God had planned for you to do and for you to have missed the mark. I don't know. I'm just suggesting it. And there are those within the sound of my voice today God is speaking to you. God is pleading with you. You've accepted Christ as your personal Savior. Have you placed everything on the altar? Have you, or are you willing to forsake all and follow Him, giving up all of your personal ambitions and plans and programs, and say, Lord, here am I, send me, and fulfill God's divine, eternal plan for you. And I can say to you on the authority of many years of experience that once I made the surrender, though He's taken us through deep waters and dark days, it's been sweet to know His good and acceptable and a perfect will. And all things have worked together for good to those that are the called ones, to those that love God. And I'm thankful today as I look back on my life that I ever said yes to the Holy Spirit and said to God, what wilt thou have me to do? And may you today not be disobedient to the heavenly vision. May we stand, please, everyone in this audience. Everyone stand. I'm going to ask you to bow in prayer before I close. I'm closing a few minutes early. That is my message. I wonder how many young people in this wonderful audience here today in Long Beach will come right down to the front and say by coming to the front and face me here, Brother Fuller, I'm a Christian, but today I do present my body as a living sacrifice for God to use me wherever he may see fit to use me. And I do present my body as a living sacrifice. And I do want to know His good and acceptable and perfect will. I do want to know His plan for me. And today I give myself into His keeping for God to use me. I must close. Let's continue in prayer as we leave the air. This is Charles E. Fuller bidding you goodbye and God's richest blessing upon you. Thank you.